Welcome to Alberta Conservation Association's Harvest Your Own podcast, the resource for everything hunting, navigating through the field, the butcher shop, and the kitchen. Life is all about great food. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fenson, an avid outdoor enthusiast who has worked as a freelance journalist, photographer, and public speaker for over three decades. I have hunted, fished, and foraged all my life and hope to share my passion for the outdoors. Along the way, I want to encourage everyone to harvest wild proteins and enjoy the satisfaction of providing the next meal for your family. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and inspire individuals to get outdoors and create a connection between food, health, and your future meals. Welcome to Harvest Your Own. Today, we're going to talk about getting started in archery. You know, it's a quick-growing segment of the hunting population. There's a ton of opportunity and there's more and more interest uh, all the time from seasoned hunters, youth, and uh, women in the outdoors. Joining us today, I have Joe Winter, who's been a long-term friend of mine. And, you know, he's really helped mentor me in my archery skills and development over the years. And uh, Lisa Roper, another avid hunter who was fortunate to have uh, a dad as a wonderful mentor and take her along all the time, show her the ropes and has now really broadened her horizons into archery and extended that into her family. So uh, lots of knowledge, interest, and passion at the table today. Joe, I'll get you to tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started in archery. I moved to Edmonton 40-some years ago and started playing on a ball team, and there was a guy on the ball team that did a lot of hunting. And he started talking to me about bow hunting, which was in its infancy back then, Continued to talk through the whole summer, and by the fall, he had me interested in bow hunting. And I didn't actually buy a bow at that point, but uh, I did hunt with him with the rifle. And through that winter, uh, after Christmas, I believe, I ended up with a secondhand bow, uh, which was just all I could afford back then, and started shooting at the Sherwood Park Archery Club and progressed from there. And... I mean, nowadays you're a member of ABA, and I think you need one more species to uh, get one of their special awards. That's true, but it's not all about the awards. I have a lot of fun hunting. I don't necessarily wait for the biggest animal. If I want to shoot something, I'm going to go shoot it. (laughs) That's a good policy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot more meat in the table. Yeah, there's lots of opportunity. Lisa, I, you know, I, every time I see you, I remember the tales of your dad taking you along on the moose hunts and being there. But again, how did you get into archery and, and what were your first experiences? Well, for me, um, my dad actually didn't archery hunt, um, but my brother, my older brother did. And, you know, going along again on hunts with him and, and realizing that um, archery was something that I was really interested in. And... I think the idea of having a longer season and, and, you know, taking a break from, from rifle hunting and just giving you that more that of an opportunity closer to the animals, it just appealed to me. And so I decided to take up archery hunting and, uh, and the fun began. <laughs> so how did you actually get started? Did you just walk in a shop and say, somebody show me how to hold this and shoot this bow? I, I did. I actually uh, went to uh, Jimbo's Archery here in Edmonton and uh, knew the guys a little bit through, you know, obviously the outdoors and stuff. 
And I said, hey, I want to I learn. I want to do this. And so they actually just lined up eight different bows. I wasn't allowed to look at them, and they just handed me bows. And uh, the minute I picked up the one that I now shoot with, it just felt right. Like everything, I was like, I love this bow. <laughs> I want to shoot this. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I write a fair bit about archery and there's a pile of stuff on Harvest Your Own about how to select a bow and how to get started and all the rest of it. But that's exactly how you should start. I mean, there's so many different bows and they all feel a little different in your hand and they release differently. But when you pick up the one you know it's the one. Oh, absolutely. And I knew, like, knew. And, and again, I wasn't allowed to look at any brands or nothing. They were just like, you can't look. We're just handing you stuff. And, uh, yeah, drew back. And, honestly, from that moment, it was like, this is something I need to just get really good at. And um, and so, yeah, I just started shooting at the, at the archery club. And then um, from there, just any chance I had to shoot on my own, uh, you know, in the backyard or wherever I was, I was, I was out flinging arrows. And that's a great way to get started. I, I would encourage that. If somebody has an interest and doesn't have a friend or a mentor or, or family member that can take them under their wing and start to sh- not necessarily show them, but take them to the right place, try different bows, walk in and ask. Don't be timid. Don't be shy. Get out there. It, uh, the world is waiting for you. When you talk about you were a rifle hunter and wanted more, not just an extended season, archery hunting is very intimate where you get to learn a lot about the habitat, the terrain, the species itself, and you get a lot closer to it. You know, that's what Joe is referring to. It's not about awards. It's about a full freezer and the experience. And that's very true. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, going back to what Lisa was saying about starting an archery too, Sometimes your best friend's not the best guy to go to when you want advice because he's going to tell you what he uses <laughs> and he, the pressure's on to buy that. What Lisa was saying about not looking at the brand is a very good idea. Yeah, and for the newbie that's listening to this, uh, the message is uh, within the archery community, some people are very brand loyal and it's very typical in hunting. If you start waterfall hunting and you have a Mossberg shotgun and you're successful, you're probably going to love Mossberg shotguns for the rest of your life. You know, if you start rifle hunting and you have a Browning and you're, again, the Browning uh, becomes your go-to. In archery, uh, a lot of people start with a specific brand and it, new technology can come out somewhere else, but they are just tunnel vision because that's their confidence bow or company. Uh, but for somebody new, they don't have a confidence company or a confidence bow. You got to determine what that is and experience it for yourself instead of having somebody else's advice or predetermined use and quality of the equipment. And, you know, I'm going to go a little bit further on that because um, the first bow that I was handed at, at Jimbo's, um, if that was, let's say that was the bow I was supposed to shoot, you know, my friend said, you got to have this, this is the one you're going to use. I probably, st- I wouldn't be archery hunting. Like it, it just, nothing felt right. And I was uncomfortable and yeah. So to keep going until you have that moment, I think is. And it's important because, you know, if you go buy a set of shoes, you don't get the right size or the right fit or the right width. They're not comfortable. Archery is the same way. Bows are very specific and they can be tuned and adjusted for an individual and getting some professional help will make sure that it does feel right and it does work and it's easier to learn you're more successful, you're more accurate, and you fall into it a lot quicker and easier than struggling with something that doesn't fit or feel comfortable. It's probably one of the most important messages. You know, nowadays, it's not like, you know, Joe said 40 years ago, he was lucky because he had a buddy that uh, was into archery a little bit, wanted to go bear hunting, so he bought a used bow. 
the National Archery in the School program nowadays allows a lot of kids to get introduced to archery. Uh, we were just at the Edmonton Boat and Sportsman Show this year, and again, they had the provincial shoot-off there, and there were thousands of kids came through. And, you know, I watched them. The passion for archery amongst those kids was immense. They were nervous. They were shaking, but they were embraced. And when it came time to shoot, they were focused. And I don't know if I'd want to compete. I mean, there was lots of them that had their arrows clustered on the on the ten ring, and uh, they knew exactly how to score it and were anxious to move on to the next round. So there's some great ways to introduce kids to it. Uh, you know, Joe, I think you've been active with a he in the past and helped uh, introduce some women to archery. Yes, I have. Uh, the AHIA runs a huge outdoor women's seminar every summer at Alfred Lake Camp. And for any lady that's planning to or wanting to get into the outdoor world, it's a great place to go. Besides archery, there's numerous other activities and events that you could participate in, which would enhance your knowledge, etc., of outdoor hunting, shooting, whatever. I did a lot of archery there. Uh, the ladies were always very receptive. Of course, they registered for the, the instruction, so they well, they wanted it. But they're 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 happy to do it, and they like getting good instruction. They like things to work, and they really like to be successful. So anything you do for anybody, let alone a lady, is to make sure they're, they're successful with it. We were shooting the same bows in that program as they do for the NAS program, and it was um, a challenge at times, but with some good instruction, etc., we were able to make most of them quite good with the equipment they had. Yeah, and you know, that is a great program because not only do you have an introduction to archery, but I know that they had courses in terms of how to properly set up a tree stand, use your safety harnesses and equipment so that if you ever decide that you're accurate enough or you wanted to take that next step into hunting, you have more tools in your toolbox to make sure it happens and that you're successful and that you're safe doing it. Lisa, you like to mentor people, whether it's ice fishing, hunting, articles and stuff. What's your advice for where women should uh, go if they don't know of a shop or a program or somewhere where they could get some more information, ideas, or find a mentor to work with? Yeah, well, um, so I was able to um, participate at uh, Narrow Lakes, become an outdoors women's course. And so I got to do some teaching there and, and same thing. They have, you know, an, an archery station and, and fishing and, you know, you can shoot guns and all that kind of good stuff too. And, and I just think, um, you know, as a, anybody really, uh, if you're looking to get started, but as a female, if you're looking to get started and you don't have those mentors or people in your life, I mean, definitely try to find some form of course to uh, participate in because not only are you going to learn uh, the skills necessary, but I think the camaraderie and, um, you know, empowerment from women to women it, it just goes such a long ways. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing to start to build that network and that outdoor community. And hopefully, you know, once the course is done, I know from uh, Narrow Lakes, I mean, we have a, a great group that we still, um, you know, message each other and, and do some updates and, hey, I'm going on this hunt or, hey, I'm doing this. Anybody want to join? And you know, I think that that speaks for itself as far as women really uh, bonding together and, and wanting to do things 
and, and be successful. Absolutely. Those are two great programs, both the Alberta Hunter Education Instructors Association and the Alberta Fish and Game Association courses. There's information available on Harvest Your Own, along with more information in terms of how to get started. This podcast is produced for Harvest Your Own, a program dedicated to those who want to reconnect with food and health through their experiences outdoors. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a resource for individuals to learn more about hunting and the outdoors. There's information to get you started and ensure that your compass stays pointed in the right direction to be successful. Where's your next meal coming from? Lisa, you brought up a good uh, point about uh, women bonding with women and uh, finding the right people to learn with. Uh, is your spouse the right person to teach you? I would throw that out there because my wife loves archery. I mean, we've got targets set up in the bottom yard and this is no diss against Steph. I mean, uh, if I go out there and try to give her instruction, she doesn't always agree that my assessment is right, which is fair. But uh, I like to have Joe over because Joe has a ton of experience. Back when he owned his archery shop, he, uh, I believe you started the school program where you invited local schools in and had kids in to come shoot. And, and basic, it was a basic introduction to archery long before the NAS program. I didn't start that. It was in place when I took over the shop. But yes, uh, we expanded it substantially before the NAS program came in. And you're right, it was strictly an introduction to archery. But many of the teachers from a lot of the schools in the area would bring their kids in every year or sometimes twice a year. We also did um, mentally challenged children, or I guess I should say youth, and it was it was a great deal of fun. Uh, there were some challenges to it, of <laughs> course, but uh, you know, kids tend to be kids once in a while. But for the most part, it's it's a great thing for some them to learn how to do it. If they want to proceed, progress from there, they need to move on to, as you've alluded to, mentorship, uh, some type of archery club, or other avenues to you know. Pro- to continue in the archery world. Yeah, and there's lots of opportunities. What I remember about those days when I stopped in the shop and there happened to be a morning uh, school group in is that I was amazed at how you could control that many students on your own and have them all shoot proper form and hit the targets. So, you know, getting back to having a spouse or a close friend teach you, it was always easier for me to have Joe come over and show stuff because I would say, Joe is the expert. And it's easier to have somebody else to tell somebody close to you how to do it. You can do it yourself, but uh, sometimes an outsider or external forces have a different impact in terms of uh, getting the message across, being able to communicate a little bit differently. Well, and going back to being in business, I always did better when the husband wasn't there. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's you're right. It, it's much easier for somebody else to tell your spouse how to do it. And that plays out 99% of the time. And this isn't a negative message. It's about women that want to take up archery, get into it, you know, and your maybe your hubby or your boyfriend is an avid archer and they would love to, you know, like throw a 70-pound bow that weighs too much for you in your hand and get you out shooting. Not necessarily the best. Lisa, you know, I can see you chuckling a little bit because you've been in those circles with women that are in these circumstances, Absolutely, I have. But before we go there, I, you know, I have the opposite story. So I, I got to spend time teaching my husband. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm chuckling because yeah, it's not always, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to help and you're trying to encourage. 
but uh but yeah it's it's interesting from my perspective and then a friend comes over you know another male friend comes over and he's like oh just do this this Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but um but yeah going back to the circle and and being with other women who um i mean that's partly why a little bit off track on this but uh, partly why we um do a ladies range day uh you know introduction to rifles women's perspective and you know it's the same thing with archery you, women have come forward and said you know my husband's actually a guide uh, an outfitter um, you know, an avid uh, hunter, but I just don't feel comfortable because, you know, he's just so confident and, and knows all his information and, and he forgets to start right back at the beginning. It's intimidating. Completely. And, and you, of course, as, as a, anyone, you don't want to let that person down that, you know, that you're with. And so, uh, a lot of the women just said they found it easier doing this with other women and kind of building their confidence from there and then joining back with their significant others at some point you know i might add that it's a great escape for for women out there and you know whether your moms are busy with your career some of these camps are a wonderful getaway Mm -hmm. you know meeting like-minded people enjoying the outdoors getting professional advice and guidance and education it really can move you forward very quickly so i mean that's great advice and i uh you know i understand exactly where you're with with mike how's he doing nowadays with his archery is he on target so to speak Sure. I mean, he hasn't picked up his bow in probably a year, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, he, he's doing a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What do we need to get started, Joe? I mean, you took all those kids through your shop over the years. You used some really basic bows. Um, you know, I've got twin girls that are going to be four this year. Uh, I had them shooting last summer with a little recurve and some old arrows and man, they loved it so much that we could have stayed there from breakfast until lunch, and I think they would have actually passed up lunch if I'd have kept shooting with them. So, the kids are always like that when they get started, and the idea is to maintain the focus to a certain degree. You don't want to get overbearing and, and you know try and make them into a world class archer in, in the first year, but you do want to encourage them just to keep shooting, have fun with it, and if they're having fun, they'll stay with it. And the support groups, like through the archery clubs and so on, or if they've got friends or the family shoots, make it much, much easier to keep them involved. As far as our equipment is concerned, just shoot what you want to shoot. There's traditional equipment, which is just a stick and a string and a wooden arrow. There's compound bows with all the toys you can imagine. And the prices range from very little to way too much. <laughs> but it all works. And there's no bad bows. There's no bad equipment. Yeah, the, mo- the modern stuff, all the bows are extraordinary compared to what they were when I started archery. I mean, I still remember my first uh, compound bow. I, I loved it. I had it for years. I don't think anyone keeps bows that long anymore, but it lasted. It worked great, and it had great big brass pins on it with uh, colored balls on the end that are have long, I think they're in some museum somewhere. <laughs> it used to be the standard back then. It was just a straight pin sight. There was no fiber optics. There was no micro-adjust. Everything was just an, a, a wing nut or a lock nut on the back of it, and you moved it. And Same with mechanical it. release. There was only finger tabs. I remember that. It was hard to learn how to shoot consistently. So the message with the equipment is there's nothing that is bad. It's about spending a little bit of time to find out what's perfect for you, what's right. There's a, there's a wide range of prices but they all feel different, and there's so much equipment. You might see a single-pin sight easier to use versus multi-pins versus or, you know, different types of releases that are out there. And, and having a, a course, a class, a mentor, 
or a shop to go to is a great way to go through some of that equipment and see what you actually like. Um, you know, I did a show last year with Mike Ukachura from Lethbridge, and he talked about the archery clubs in Alberta and how active he is in Lethbridge. We're very fortunate. There's archery groups right across the province, and anyone that wants to get more information, mentorship, range time, uh, people that would be more than happy to bend over backwards to help you, there's a ton of ranges and, and clubs out there. There is, and there's as well through the ABA, there's 3D archery shoots all over the province all summer, which is an excellent way to hone your skills for hunting. As far as the equipment is, if I can go back to that for a minute, you will evolve with your equipment. You will decide you may like this pin sight over this multi-pin sight. You may decide you want a stabilizer. You may decide you don't want a stabilizer. It's all very much in the feel you want out of your bow. So whatever you start with, don't be wired into it. You know, back to Harvest Your Own, if you're wondering about the basics and uh, this show has put a bug in your mind about, huh, maybe I'm missing out on something and I should go check it out. You know, there's articles on there, how to look for a used bow, what what is draw length, what is draw weight, all these different components that we're talking about today. If you're looking for the basics, check out Harvest Your Own and hopefully it plants the seed to get you started. This podcast was made possible by Alberta Conservation Association and the Harvest Your Own community. If you're interested in harvesting your own food, there's a comprehensive collection of information to gain insight and knowledge, head to the field, harvest your own protein, prepare it, and taste the results. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a library of information from getting started and geared up to processing, butchering, and cooking wild game to make the connection between health and food. Archery, I think, is growing for a lot of people because firearms for some people are intimidating. You know, Lisa, we discussed this a little bit, but uh, some people haven't taken a course to own a firearm or buy ammunition, but they want to get into hunting. So archery, I would say, is a natural extension to allow you to do so. Uh, A lot of people think you evolve into archery, but I know lots of archers. That's where they started. And uh, that's where they've stayed and that's where they like to be. So, you know, this isn't an evolution from some other type of hunter. You can start as a bow hunter. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes with that. Um, You know, obviously, depending, right, uh, uh, you can buy as much equipment as you need or or all the accessories and, and like you're saying, price points. But really, at the end of the day, if you probably sat down and compared it, I would say archery is probably less expensive than rifle hunting over, you know, your constant ammunition and so so on and so forth. And um, I know for myself, one thing that I absolutely loved and know that I need with archery is that ability to shut everything down that I don't necessarily get with rifle hunting. And, um, you know, we said we learn a lot about the animals and, and wildlife and stuff that we're hunting, but I think you also learn so much about yourself and, uh, you know, learning to quiet your mind, calm everything down, your breathing, all of it. And that, that to me was really um, attractive because I don't shut down. And, uh, and it was the first time, every, it doesn't matter. The minute I put my bow in my hand, it's like something changes, something shuts off in me, and I just get to be somewhere else. And I love it. <laughs> so I highly encourage people to, uh, to give that a try. I think that's why mentors are so important. You know, you can start off at a store and a club and do different things, but eventually you're going to create a bond with somebody. 
Joe, you and I have spent a lot of time bow hunting, crawling through prairie grasses and around cactus and sitting waiting for a mule deer to stand up or different things. And it's, uh, yeah, those are special moments in time. And we haven't always come home with a deer, but we've sure come home with big smiles on our face. Well, and it's always fun to hunt. I don't care how well the hunt goes. If you're out there, you should be having some fun at it. But the other thing that should be mentioned with, the, you know, you, you acquire a bow, you get the skills to shoot, you have to learn to hunt. And there's a whole new world of equipment for doing that. When you start hunting out of a tree stand, you start hunting out of a ground blind and or spot and stock, as we've done many times. You can do hunt, bow hunting any way you want, and you don't have to ever go to a gun. Correct. Yeah, you can hunt. You can shoot everything in this continent with a bow and arrow if you got the time and the patience. You know, it's it's an interesting uh, message. Uh, let's talk about the minimum requirements for hunting with bow equipment. Uh, you need to draw a forty pound bow. That's the minimum requirement. Yes, it is. So uh, you know that's something that you can aspire to. You're not going to start there if you're a new archer. You know, and if somebody passes you a bow that's sixty pounds, if you're, you know. A big, strong person, you might be able to pull it, but you're not going to be able to hold it and shoot it accurately. So start with lower weights, build up. The minimum is there for a reason. Uh, shooting the minimum draw weight is very effective for hunting. Joe, you've pointed out many times. What's your message? Shoot what you can hit. <laughs> right, and it's not about how much weight you pull. It's about where you put your arrow. Exactly. Arrow placement is everything with archery. And the 40-pound minimum is actually, in my mind, not really applicable to the newest equipment because that 40-pound minimum was established probably 40 years ago. And with the new equipment, it takes so little weight to generate the aerospeed we had 40 years ago that there's, there's no comparison. Yeah, arrows have changed, broadheads have changed, uh, everything has changed. And the good news is, you know, if, if somebody's thinking about this right now as 40 pounds, I'll never be able to pull that and hold it. The let-offs on the bow, though, are incredible. To get the, the, the bow drawn is not difficult, but once it is at full draw, most of them are 80% let off. That's correct. So you're not holding a lot of weight waiting for that shot, which makes a big difference. Lisa, what's your experience mm -hmm. with, uh, have you ever been in that situation where you had to draw and stay at full draw for a while? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, muscle memory is so important. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to say going out and uh, you want to continue to have fun and going out and even if you can just shoot a few times a week, you know, five, six arrows and just keep building that confidence and muscle memory. And, and then, yeah, you have those moments where it's like, okay, I'm holding this, I'm holding this a minute, you know, you're into that minute. And that's probably about as much as I want to be holding. <laughs> and you're, you know, Anyone. you're everything's shaking and, and, but yeah, it's happened and, and you're, you're ready for it and you're prepared for it because you've put the time in. And I think that that's important as well. Right. And you know, the messages you bring up, I'd like to call it uh, outdoor therapy because it's good for the mind and it's also good physical activity. You might not realize it, but walking back and forth to the targets and drawing your bow over and over. And when you get into it, it could be for hours. It can be great family entertainment, uh, fun with friends and all the rest of it. But uh, archery is just good for the soul. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. If you're ever sitting in a tree stand and you want some quiet time, that's it. <laughs> it's the best kind of quiet time there is. You know, I get back to the minimum draw requirements. Uh, anyone out there that's thinking, oh, I, you know, I'd like to do it. I just don't think I can. A uh, good friend of mine, Clint Taylor, avid bow hunter, great bow hunter as far as I'm concerned. His mom, who is in her 80s, is out there with him all the time. He got her into shooting 
and she's out shooting gophers with them in the pasture all summer. They shoot 3D tournaments, and she has harvested uh, a wide range of big game critters to fill her freezer and loves it. And even though she's late to the game, she's uh, continuing to practice to make sure she can get out next season and looking forward to it, planning her draws, planning where she can go with open seasons. So where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, archery will allow anybody to participate that wants to go. And I think that's a really important message for all Albertans, especially those that are looking to get into hunting or to diversify and get into archery. Absolutely. And what an inspiration, you know, and and, and such a great uh story that 100% you can start at any time and uh, it doesn't have to be rifle first or, or whatever you can just just start and go. Uh, Lisa what's your most memorable archery experience? You know actually last year was uh, was so memorable I, I actually didn't uh, take an animal but I spent countless countless days and I'm talking like 12 hours straight in a tree stand and the amount of animals that I was able to bring in or that came in uh, and just watching them. I mean, at one point I had four, four different bucks come in and it was absolutely amazing. And, uh, and just, just seeing the behaviors and, and, and having that view at, you know, 30 feet up, whatever it is. Um, it, it was, it was the best and I didn't even take an animal, right? but it was absolutely uh, filled my soul and, uh, and absolutely grounded me. So. That's an important message because to people that are in archery, everyone's shaking their head going, yeah, you know, that's that's what it's about. That's why I do it. Joe, I mean, you've got a wide, diverse background in archery and lots of different experience. What's your best experience? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I have had that experience that Lisa just alluded to and with the same result, didn't shoot anything. And I still agree with her that it is one of the best days I've ever spent in a tree stand. I have been able to hunt caribou, mountain sheep, cougar, a great number of animals, and I'm not sure I'd put one over the other. Uh, they were all great times, great experiences, different experiences from Nunavut to the Rocky Mountains is quite a change in uh, terrain, etc. But they're all it's all fun, it's all good. Uh, like you say, you don't always get them, but if you get them, it's just kind of the icing on the cake. Yeah, and it's funny because I've got a lot of my family involved in archery, and uh, you know, a lot of people think archery. Hmm, I got to shoot a deer. I don't know how to deal with it. I got to, you know, moose are too big. How do I start? They all started with grouse. And uh, Joe, you've been around on a few trips when we went and shooting uh, judo points at rough grouse or spruce grouse and stuff is as much fun as you can have hunting. <laughs> it is, and it's one one more example of what you can do with the bow and arrow. You don't always go out thinking you're going to shoot one thing. and There's always a chance you could shoot another. And I go out there, I have a pocket full of tags. I buy them all. Because wherever I go, if that animal shows up and I have a chance at it, I'm going to take it. I look at myself as an opportunist. I buy lots of licenses <laughs> in case there's a chance. And I've always got... Uh, a multitude of arrows in my quiver, I should say heads. I always have a judo point in case I run across a game bird that I'm allowed to harvest uh, with my archery equipment. And it's just fun. And uh, there's nothing better than fresh grouse and camp for hors d'oeuvres before dinner. <laughs> Lisa, what is the best advice you can give to somebody that wants to get started in archery and might might be holding themselves back or has not taken that step? Well, I think first I would say, uh, you know, don't hold yourself back. 
um, allow yourself to do what it is that your your passion that you feel your passion is and and go for it. I mean, um, you know, there there's so much information out there, uh, videos to websites to uh, you know mentors and 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 what have you. There there's really nothing holding you back but you. So stop doing it. Just go for it. Exactly, and you you bring up a good point. There is a world of information nowadays. You can take these first-hand courses, but you can start online. You can start on Harvest Your Own. You can go to YouTube. You can see lots of things and, and make some decisions right from the start, which is great. Joe, you've got lots of experience. You've probably mentored and helped more people in archery than anyone I know. What's your best piece of advice for getting started? Enjoy it. Just buy what you can, get out, and start. You don't have to even go kill anything. Just go out and shoot, and you will progress to the stage where you want to do the hunting end of it. But if you never hunt anything, you just want to stay in archery, stay in archery. Because there is no one rule fits all. And I don't know how many ladies I talked to years ago that said, I don't want to go hunting. And I would tell them, well, you don't have to. Right. You just have to shoot the bull if you want to shoot the bull. That's excellent advice. Yeah, I was going to say that's such such great advice and, and so true. You don't have to hunt. But, I mean, what a it's still a great... Um, experience to you know shut your brain off and ground yourself and all the things that that comes with archery hunting or or, sorry shooting a bow yeah archery is uh it's a pastime it's something that can keep you busy all year long from shooting targets to shooting gophers in the pasture if you want to take up hunting uh, lots of opportunity in alberta so with the resources at hand nowadays they're certainly different than when i got started or joe when you got started uh lisa you know you were halfway there um had Jimbo's to help, you know, instruct you properly to oh, get going. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'd encourage anyone interested in in anything outdoors, in good uh, physical and mental activities. Archery is a great world to get into. You're going to meet some people that are wonderful and make uh, friends for life. So, I encourage everyone to set goals and make sure that they become reality. And uh, if you need some guidance, please check out harvest your own. We hope to inspire people to reconnect with nature and appreciate where your food comes from by harvesting your own. For more information on getting started or to learn specifics about the Field to Fork experience, visit harvestyourown.ca and follow on Facebook and Instagram. Check back often for new material, recipes and videos that are posted regularly. Please subscribe to Harvest Your Own Podcast and take the time to rate and review the show to help us build a dedicated core of passionate hunters as our regular audience. Until next time, embrace the outdoors and all it has to offer. Thanks for joining us.